Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. My name is Joe, and with me is... Jack. Janie. And Data. Yes, we're all here, and we're talking about Elantris, chapters 18 and 19, wherein some crazy stuff happens with Thraithan's sermon. He finally does get an Elantrian. It doesn't, it, it's not anyone we know, unfortunately, at least I don't think so. I may be proven wrong on that. But uh, then uh, then his art, the Arteth kind of goes off the rails. Diloph uh, does some craziness. Uh, we end up having to burn up the Elantrian, which is kind of sad. And uh, Raithan dresses him down and then concocts some kind of plan with some kind of potion. So we'll see, uh, I guess, what that has to offer. In the next chapter, Raiden, uh, we find out, is actually feeling lots and lots of pain and unable to, uh, to get, what the, get over it like his other, his other compatriots are. Uh, he's having trouble getting, shaking it off. And we get a little background into him uh, being healed by Elantrians. And it seems like maybe we're getting a little closer to understanding how the magic system of the Elantrians works. So that is all, I believe. Hold on to something. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Feed the fire, set me free in the city of dreams. Push my mind into overload. Hack the wire, smash the teeth in the city of dreams. We'll be So, yeah, it's funny that you say, like, unfortunately, it wasn't someone we know, because I was like, well, he got burned to death, so maybe that's fortunately it wasn't someone we know. <laughs> I, I don't know. What did you guys think of these two chapters this week? Yeah, I mean, Crathen, uh, he's having some problems. I think some of Dax's predictions may be coming to pass here, like Diloph's getting out of hand. It's not going well. Uh, he keeps jumping, like... To, onto his own track to do his own thing, even though he knows that like Hraithan doesn't want him to do these things, and then also he keeps giving Hraithan looks, so uh, it's de- it's definitely not going to bode well for that working relationship. You know, it's it's like it, it it's like if you're if you're a direct subordinate, just like you tell them to do one thing, and then they just do whatever they want all the time, and then they also just look at you rudely all the time, and when you stop scream. Yeah, and when you criticize them, they're just like, well, I think I did the right thing. So, uh, yeah, that's a difficult working situation to be in for Freythan, for sure. Looking at it from a perspective of just, like, having somebody that he works with very closely and that being the relationship between them, it's definitely not uh, not ideal. Not ideal at all. <laughs> the Elantrian, you just feel bad for, of course, because it's like he's just like, I'm so hungry. And... uh and then he's like, yeah, buy him some food, take him back. And then, you know, Diloph's like, nope, that's not happening. So that was uh, that was a bummer. I'm interested to see what this potion does and why he needs two doses, because I thought maybe it was specifically for Diloph. But if, if that's the case, why does he need two? Um, so I'm, I'm wondering what that what exactly that does. Maybe the other dose is meant for uh, for Sereni. I don't know. But uh, yeah. That was that was definitely interesting. And then uh, Raiden, yeah, again, these both these chapters were just kind of bummers. A little bit of excitement with the Raiden chapter, like things seem to be going well for the people around him. Uh, he's he's getting people on their feet, but there's a lot of kind of there's a big guillotine or axe hanging over their heads with Sheor, and then with him not being able to kind of cope with the pain as well as the others are. 
which I feel like there must be some kind of reason for that. And then also the excitement comes in with maybe being able to figure out the magic in some way. So yeah, it was, it was pretty good stuff, but also not the, <laughs> not the most uplifting chapters to read. Well, you were just saying you you needed some more stuff to go wrong for Raid, and I don't know that it actually anything's like really going wrong. It's right. Just... I mean, at least at least this cleans up a little bit of what happened previously. It's like he convinced Tan way too easily, but uh, but it, it, at least seventy percent of his people did not join Raid, and so at least that is you know somewhat realistic, I guess. Yeah, like I I agree. These ones were just really bleak. I think Hraithan's chapters um, was like fascinating just seeing like oh he's being a good dude to the elantrian and so actually just trying to understand things get an idea and then he's like yeah right okay i'm done with you you can go back into into elantris and yeah hey buy him some food will you get him a burger but yeah i think we all knew this was coming with dilaf just like going off the rails and this is what happens when hraithan allows him to improvise he improvises way too much and hraithan's like ah shit i've made a terrible mistake with this guy so i think feel like Prathen's probably going to have to try and do something to get rid of Dilaf without making it look like he's doing it because that will undermine his decision-making. But, um, yeah, no, I, don't, I don't know where this is going to go. Like, I still feel like Dilaf could be our overall antagonist, or at least, you know, before Viking Pope sends the forces or whatever. But, yeah, this is going to be going on for a while because Prathen will have to try and get rid of Dilaf without compromising his integrity, which is going to be a very hard line to walk. As for Raiden's chapters, I, it was cool seeing him, like, seeing a bit of the conflict in him rather than just this happy-go-lucky prince that we've seen so often. He's just like, yeah, no, every, I'm giving purpose to everyone around me, but I actually don't have that, and I'm gonna, I'm still doomed. And he's he's realizing that, he's coming to terms with it, and I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of heartbreaking, really. Like, we see like we see this guy, he's very good at making people like him, he does generally want to do the right thing, and he's like, I can help everyone except myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. But I feel like, yeah, we're just really building up to a confrontation with Shayor at this at, at this stage. The the mad the mad Elantrians. Mm, given this they're, they're starting Shayor. they're starting to get more ballsy about about attacking. So, mm. but but yeah, like cool. Like we're we get we're getting into the meat of things now, so it's uh, nice to see everything building. For some reason, you got me picturing like this zombie Elantrian just walking back, strolling back through the gates happily, munching on a hamburger. It is a very strange <laughs> picture. <laughs> It's the world's greatest meat-flavored sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, agreeing with the other guys, it's a bit bleak <laughs> reading these chapters. Um, but I really enjoyed the chapter with Raven and, and Dilloff. I think it's really interesting to sort of see how quickly my perception of Raven's changed from when we started reading the book. It's like, you know, the, he, he's going to be the big bad, but he actually doesn't seem like a terrible, like he's not great. But <laughs> terrible person, like I was expecting him to to be, just this, you know, unruly, unrelenting character. Dilloff still terrifies me, but I'm definitely interested to see where um, Hraithan's performance management skills come in. That's um, ordering some potion, possibly poison. I don't know. Two weeks to go uh, until it gets here. Anything could happen. In the meantime, right. but I found I actually found these chapters too. It's the first time that I've read them without stumbling on words. I like it's like it's finally sinking in what all of these things are, or if I don't know what it is, I can sort of see what they're getting at. It's it's mm. taken me 
half this book to <laughs> time I, I found a word that I didn't recognise. So that I think that was, to me, it was really good. I, I felt like reading it now, it, it felt a lot more seamless than, than it has previously. But, I yeah, I, I thought that first chapter was really good. And when he brought the Elantrian in, I was like, oh, no. Like, this is, <laughs> you did what? That is insane. You are you are a monster. So I thought I thought that was really powerful moment there. The second chapter that we read, you know, we, we got like a little bit of a bit of information. I think that hint about the magic and finally looking at some of that is exciting because it would be really nice to see how that all comes together and also how the the seons come together as well. The you know it's interesting that the one that was drawn or the the character the aeon that was drawn was Ian for Raiden as well. So I'm kind of like, oh, maybe we get a bit of, of that and how that will come together as well. Um, maybe he can fix Ian. That would be nice with what he learns, but we'll we'll see what happens. But the rest of his chapter, it's kind of just more like, no, oh, this is how life looks at the moment. So, you know, not great, but improving and a bit sad that it's not good for Raiden, but we'll see what happens to him in the future. Again, good read. Enjoyed it. And not every chapter can be a a wow moment but still some good information so not every chapter do you get an elantrian burned so well hopefully not going if we got one every chapter going forward that'll be yeah that. <laughs> i don't know that i that, that, that's not something i need in my life oh man it's interesting what you're saying about Raythan because we talked we, we talked about before i think that it's just he's a different sort of bad guy from ones that we've seen in the other books like he's definitely not like a straff venture which is maybe what some people were expecting at the beginning but he's also not like, you know, a, a Zane or something. So yeah. Or even a he's, set. He's definitely not a good guy, but he's at least a somewhat civil. Like it, mm-hmm. he's made mistakes in the past. I mean, we don't know. I mean, obviously it didn't end well six months ago, but he seems to have learnt from that. And I think it's interesting because we are actually getting the perspective of one of our bad guys. We're getting that that internal monologue. And his thought process, which you wouldn't normally get, like you're normally following the protagonist. Mm-hmm. So to have what's going on in his head, I think, gives us a bit more of a, a humanizing uh, approach to, to looking at him. Because if we didn't know what his thought process was, I think our perception of him would be completely different. You would just see this bad guy coming in wanting to change everything. And, you know, then Dilloff stands up and you don't know that he's not on the same page, especially because he's not showing divide amongst the people or in front of the people because that makes him weak but he's clearly not approving of Dilaf so I think yeah it would be interesting if you if you took out all his his viewpoints to see what our perception would be would be very different that's a good point yeah like you might look at him very differently if we didn't have in, if we weren't inside his head seeing like the stuff he approves of and doesn't yeah I hadn't thought of that just just because you are a bad guy does not mean you're a bad guy <laughs> I know. Thanks, thanks Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Satine, actually. Uh, okay, I guess let's let's do these. Let's get into these chapters. So yeah, we start out with sure enough, Prathen has gotten himself an Elantrian and has called Diloff to his office intentionally to like ex- surprise, expose him to this Elantrian and see what happens. Happy birthday! Oh God. <laughs> And I, I like that the most shocking thing is that, like, as he walks in, he yells out a curse. And Wraithan's like, wow, 
He's like so used to our language that he curses in it. That's that's different. He's like, say hello to Deeran, Arteth. An Elantrian. Yes, very good, Arteth. And no, you may not set him set fire to him. See, he specifically <laughs> says you may yeah. not set fire to him. I told you earlier, but you <laughs> you set fire to him when I specifically asked you not to. <laughs> In hindsight, it's like, that's a very specific thing for, thing for him to forbid. Right? And it didn't even work. It's the saddest thing. Mm. I mean, he, he doesn't try to burn him right there, so maybe that's maybe that's a win. I don't know. Yeah. Like, no, not me. in my office. Damn it. Just what the I definitely did not burn him. That's <laughs> do, you have, do you have any idea how hard it is to get ash out of the floor? Hmm. <laughs> And as, like, Kraithan and Diloff are talking about him, like, he's a thing, it's like, are they all bald like this, Diloff? Diloff's like, eh, not, not at first. They have hair, and then they get sent through. When the Karathi dogs prepare them for the city. Wow, that's just mean, dude. Those dogs! Like, you can always tell the bad guy, because he will refer to someone else as a dog. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like, yo, dog, how's it hanging? It's like, those yeah. dogs. He's clearly never had a Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I don't even know if they have dogs on this planet, but he said dogs, so it seems to imply that there's dogs around somewhere. Sure. Not in Elantris. They ate them by now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know they did it. Yeah, it hurts because it's accurate. Somebody's in there, like, shooting down pigeons for uh, <laughs> and living like a king in Elantris. And he, he says that the skin is like that of an embalmed corpse. And Diloff's like, yeah, the skin isn't the only sign. Their insides are rotten as well. Diloff actually seems to know a lot. Like, he knows that their hearts don't beat. He knows that the Shaod takes them at night, usually. Well, uh, I guess they're... if he used to treat them as gods, he, like, maybe researched the, like, full destruction of them. Like, what's all happened to them? Mm hmm. Well, he, he also mentions there are stories from way back in the day when it first started happening. So this is back to this, like, oh, did you hear the rumors? <laughs> but yeah yeah he's talking about how their stories from 10 years ago the re he's 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 in on the rumors uh, within uh within a few months they turn comatose and can't do anything except bemoan their pain he's like wait pain yeah the pain of their souls being burdened by lord jadeth's fire oh boy oh yeah and i i do like when he touches it he's like no you shouldn't touch him he's like i thought you said lord jadeth would protect the faithful why would i need to be afraid yeah diloff come on be consistent Apparently, you can't have holy ground uh, with outside of uh, within a country that has not allied itself with Shu Dareth. That's randomly specific. And so he's like, "Yeah, I need you to make preparations for the sermon. I'm going to be busy. Now you can leave." And so uh, he's like, "I just want to ask you some questions. It's all good." And the, the guy said, "Do you uh, do you have any food?" He's like, "Hey, look. If you answer my questions, I will send you back with a full basket of bread and cheese." He's like, "Oh my God, yes." And I like his his theory. He's like, maybe it like does something to their metabolism that makes their hearts beat so fast you can't detect it and makes them hungrier. <laughs> the heart is just like a hummingbird's wings. It's just a blur inside their chest. Right. But he, he's trying to science this real hard. Uh, he's like, when were you thrown in? I don't know. Seven months, eight months. It's hard to keep track, which, yeah, it probably would be. Well, see, this is the interesting thing. He says he was thrown in during the fall. And I'm like, during the fall of Elantris? No, I assume uh, it's the season. Oh, right. Okay, that makes more sense. I keep, I I keep forgetting. Is it change, uh, yeah, that's, that's a different word over there. 
because yeah, I, I assumed like I I had the thought it was like the fall of a Lantris, and he reckons only seven eight months. Shit, they just lose track of time. Maybe that's why right. Galadon's like no one lasts that long because like they actually don't realize how long they've been in there. <laughs> I've been there ten years and I didn't know it. Jeez, yeah, that would be impressive. But, no, if it was just a season, it's like oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Cool. <laughs> I was I was overthinking that one. But he's like, so what is Lantris like? He's like, oh, it's so terrible, my lord. There's gangs, and they chase you if you go to the wrong place. No one tells the newcomers the rules, so if you aren't careful, you just walk into the market. And But now there's a new gang, a fourth gang, more powerful than the others. See, say that's what a few Lantrians on the street are saying. So he's just, it's just like Galadon. He he walks the streets, he hears, uh, he hears stuff. But Horathan's immediate thought is like, yeah, we shouldn't, like, show Elantrians to people because this guy's just sad. Like if people would not, it would be hard to make people hate Lantrians if they get close to one and realize how just pathetic this is. But the guy can't tell him anything about like what the Sheod was like or anything like that. And he claims to be dead, whatever that means. And he's even like, yeah, see, my wounds no longer heal. Look at this cut. And Horathan's like, oh, that must just be like a cut that didn't heal properly. This guy didn't know what he's talking about. Like he knows that there's magic involved in Lantris. And even those guy can't tell him anything about it. And that this transformation project, uh, this transformation thing is somehow magical, but he's really not willing to accept like, yeah, you're dead and your cuts don't heal. Sure. Sure. Transformation project. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I was going to try to say process. It, it didn't. Okay. It's <laughs> just like, there's a dude sitting in a building. So it's like, <laughs> okay, now if I mutate this part of the chromosome, then they won't have their, like, they'll actually keep pumping their blood. Oh, that didn't work. Shit. Okay. Let's try something else. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you're talking about Rashik. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of. Maybe Rorschach's oh, here too. I fucked it. <laughs> Just screwing up left and right. Atlantis was his rough draft. <laughs> but he calls the guard captain back and uh, gives him a bag of money to. And he's like, make sure you purchase some food for this guy on the way back. I promised him. Okay. I completely misread that. I thought he gave the Elantrian some money. And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, here's some money to buy food when you get back. Yeah, they got, they got shops in Elantris, right? Buy yourself a nice piece of bread. You mentioned you mentioned a market, didn't you? I'm <laughs> just picturing the Elantrian, like, in broad daylight in K, just walking up to, like, a, a market store, just going, I'll have a stein of mead, thank you. <laughs> and, and the entire market's like, what the fuck is this doing here? screaming and running and it would be bad it's like opportunity though because the elantrians are so hungry if they actually put them back into society and gave them money they would spend so big in the food (laughs) store it would boom it's true i don't maybe they would just eat a normal amount if they weren't like hungry from not having eaten anything for days and weeks and months like maybe once they like got on a back on a schedule it wouldn't be unusual i don't know that time Namor the Submariner like was wandering around New York and they thought he was coming to attack, so they rolled the army out to attack him. He's like, I'm just here for a bagel, guys. <laughs> He's I'm like, here. I can't surrender. I'm not attacking. I just want a bagel. I'm just here to hit on Sue. Can you get off my back already? Yeah, man. Yeah, I just I, really I wanted to smear. Why, why, why can't you let me get my bagel and schmear on, man? <laughs> but then... Hraithan uh, kind of outlines still off more of his plan, where it's like, basically, we make everyone hate the Elantrians and associate Shukorath with the Elantrians. And then at that point, they're either they either ex- agree with us, which just makes everyone think that, like, they're with us, basically, or they side against us, 
And after that, uh, let's see, what does it say? Sorry. If they choose the former, the people will turn against them. So, or if they choose the latter, it puts them under our theological control. So either they accept our incrimination against them, which will turn the people against them, or they side with us against the Elantrians, and then that puts them under our theological, quote-unquote, control. Because we came up with the the religious stance, and they followed along. After that, a few simple embarrassments will make them appear impotent and irrelevant. And Delos like, it's perfect. Once again, I see him doing, like, a Mr. Burns, like, <laughs> excellent. It's like, but will it happen? master. <laughs> but will it happen quickly enough? There's so little time. And he's like, wait a second. How does this guy know about my deadline? Maybe he's just guessing. And so then he's like, okay, let's do the sermon thing. And so Diloff gets up and speaks with his characteristic zeal. And, you know, he's just up there screaming, jumping around, being crazy, and everyone's kind of going for it because apparently that's his style. And Raithan's sitting here thinking, like, no, I'm not even jealous anymore. I'm just, he works for me, so I'm in charge of all this raw talent that he has. So really, it just reflects more well on me. And that's when Diloff jumps up and he's like, and now behold! And uh, we've got an Elantrian. The same Elantrian tied to a post and a pair of torches pop up. And apparently, like, not only did uh, Dilov go and get this guy and bring him back to burn him, but he beat the crap out of him a little bit first because he's got cuts on his face. That's just mean. Yeah, you gotta be well, an asshole. Because it's Dilov. That's kind of his bag. Yeah, that's fair. And he uses the fact that they don't bleed to be like, look, they're not even human. We have nothing in common with them. They don't even have blood and they're going to burn him. And the dude is just up there like, please kill me, please. He's he's gone into the uh, what it was. What does Galadon call them? He's one of the Hoed, the Hoed, whatever. But Hraithan feels like if they let if he lets them just execute this dude in the middle and burn him, then we're going to lose control of this crowd and things could go south real fast from there. And even if they don't like Iodon is not going to stand for public executions. So he jumps up and he's like. Like, Delof's like, we have to cleanse all of them with holy fire. And Hraithan's like, and so they will be. Yoink. Let's uh, let's let's take uh, c- control of this situation. But what good will it do? It's like, what good would killing this creature do? It's already tormented by Lord Jadith himself. It's pleading for death. Is that what we want to do? Do we want to give it what it wants? And it's like, he waits tensely while some in the crowd scream yes, out of habit. And others like, are get confused. <laughs> Do we want to give the demons what they want? Yes! Yes! <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm smart. Uh, no, no. Maybe? Maybe? You, <laughs> you want to be the captain of this ship? Yes. Well, you can't. You can't. Yeah. And so he's, he, he tries turning around once again. He's like, the real monster here is the Karathi priests. They're giving all these demons the, the super nice city to live in while you guys are stuck living out here who came up with that plan <laughs> well, it's I not that nice. to see where that goes right it's oh, covered in goop it. you don't want it in there it's and so yeah he 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 turns the whole sermon once again against shu korath and it's like you know tell your friends that to shun the karathi heresies and he ends it makes the other artists put out their torches and uh, after everything has calmed down he's like okay diloff we need to talk collect this creature and meet me in the garden. Uh, the, the guard captain, Zap Brannigan, is there, and he's like, my lord, I can't do Zap oh. Brannigan, so I'm not going to do it. But. 
My lord, the young priest caught me before I got back to the city. He said you wanted the creature back. Did I do wrong? So yeah, that's not very Zap Brannigan. <laughs> he, he's not like, oh, I'm sorry. No. Did I do something yeah. wrong? No, no Zap Brannigan is like, like you, you paid me to take this creature back to the city, and your apprentice paid me to bring him back here, so I'm keeping both of your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Baby, it'll blow your mind. I don't know why that one's so annoying <laughs> to me. But yeah, so they uh, they go and burn the Elantrian in the garden. And he says the Elantrian seemed to welcome the flames. I forget, I forget if Diloph soaked him in oil earlier, but it says he's now soaked in oil. So I guess, you know, just to make sure he burns up good. My wife is behind me and she's like, well, not good. <laughs> she was he an burns up well good. <laughs> yeah, he burns up well good. Exactly. Oil from the well burned him good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think about it. Don't think too hard. <laughs> and he's, he's like, Raven's like, dude, why why you make me do this? Like, you don't just decide to execute someone. And Dillis like, well, what? We're going to have to kill them all eventually. Why? So why not? He's like, look, a riot is what almost happened out there. And a riot needs to be carefully planned and executed. Otherwise, it is as likely to turn against its creators as their enemies, which is a really salient point here. Like once people get going, start burning and killing, you never know where, where it's going to end up. It's like if the riot starts here, where the closest building. What do you think is going to get looted <laughs> first? Yeah, pl- bloodlust is not good. And so, yeah, they, they argue back and forth for a while, but what it comes down to is, I mean, Diloph can't really debate that Wraithen is his boss, so it's kind of like, look, I am the one who decides when they get an outlet for their hate. I'm in charge here. And he also calls him out on some, like, some BS that he's trying to put out here, where he's like, look, first you said the Elantrian's killing was fated by Jadeth, and that you were simply, like, following Jadeth's fate by forcing my hand. And then you're saying this other, uh, that if stuff went wrong, it's like my fault. So which one is it? It's like Jadeth is, is everything like Jadeth's fault or is it mine? How come I have to be accountable for everything, but you get to be an innocent servant who didn't do anything wrong, which on the one hand, yeah, that's a good point. But on the other hand, like you're the boss. So you kind of are where the buck stops here. He's, he works for you. So when he screws up, it kind of is on you a little bit. Welcome to people management, Raven. Right? <laughs> really regretting hiring this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. And I agree with Dak. I feel like this is coming to a point where it's like, he's going to have to try to get rid of this guy in some way. The the interesting question is how, how do you do that? I, I still hold out the hope that that uh, the problem will solve itself if Raven Diloph will wake up as an Elantrian. <laughs> that would solve the problem, yeah. Because like, while that would be hilarious is to see Diloph get his ultimate comeuppance of the thing become the thing he hates so much, it'd also be Hraith and just going, okay, how do I deal with this now? How do I incorporate this into what I'm talking about? That would make it tougher, yeah, if like one of your wholly chosen people gets taken by the Sheod or whatever. It's like, uh, so why is he being punished by Lord Jadeth? How are you going to explain that one? Because <laughs> I didn't like him, that's why. <laughs> God, yeah, like he's, he got tempted by the demons because... I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something there, and it just, it, it just, no. But he says the man's willful acceptance of immolation brought back memories that he tried to banish. Images of pain and sacrifice and of death. Memories of decor. So we get a tease of uh, what goes on at these monasteries again. 
or this one in particular, the one that even the king of Teo doesn't know what happens there. And then we cut to Hraithan's other chore that he needs to complete tonight, which I really love. He's calling this guy on his Seon phone, Fortin or Forton, whatever his name is. And this guy's just fun. And we get all this information from Hraithan about how, like, the people here, they're part of the whole Fjordal Shu Dereth Empire thing. So they have to publicly follow Shu Dereth. But there's also, like, all this behind the scenes where they're all into, like, the Jesker mysteries and stuff. And so this guy's, like, completely unabashed at, like, whichever religion he needs to profess at that moment. He's perfectly happy to. And it's also it just reveals another side to Hraith and he's like, look, honestly, I don't actually care who you worship. I just need you to understand that you worship, like you publicly worship Shudera. Right. Yeah. Well, and he does, he feels a little bit, he's like uh, using a guy like this who I know is not really makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but if we can use seance, then why can't I use this guy? Basically. Yeah. It's all for the greater good of Jadeth. I should do something about you, but you're kind of useful as well. If you become a problem, I'll deal with you. Well, and apparently he saved his life at one point. It says that like his potions saved him from a poisoning that would have killed him. So that's definitely a useful guy to keep around, I guess. I guess he's from like out in the country and there's just all these peasants and not much else out there. Like it's a sparsely populated countryside, it says, which is difficult to supervise. And also Fortin does drugs. He's like, Fortin was often drugged. Uh, he was very accomplished at mis- mixing potions, poisons, and elixirs, though. For some reason, of all the possible drug-addicted genius characters from the movies that you could picture, my mind went to Michael Caine in Children of Men. Never seen it. <laughs> this guy, uh, to me, uh, I mean, this is an inside joke, but this is Jedi poet to me. He's always high. But he's, like, <laughs> he's always willing to help you out, too. He's like, yeah, man, I'll hook you up. I'll help you out. No worries. <laughs> Melissa is no poet. He was on the Christmas special last year. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Now, now I imagine uh, any discussion with Fortin, he's just like, man, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he tells him what he wants these potions to do, but we don't get to find out. And Fortin's just like, oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. I got you. In fact, I already have, like, two formulas. All I have to do is combine them, and it's, e- it's easy. And I do like that Hraithan's like, I'll pay you your standard price. And he's like, oh, no, my payment is the knowledge that I serve Lord Jadeth. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, we find out a little more about the Jessica Mysteries, where he Hraithan calls it a distasteful form of worship, a syncretic combination of a dozen different faiths with some aberrations, such as ritual sacrifice and fertility rites added in to make it more alluring. It's like, how do we make our religion cool and people people want to get in on it i know fertility rights and ritual sacrifices that'll do it sex and murder guys sex and murder <laughs> does the trick every time and so he's like i need it immediately but i'm in Aralon. and fortin's like oh dude you could not have chosen a further away place to be but he, i like he, he also is like oh good you finally decided to convert those heathens up in Aralon. <laughs> and so yeah it's gonna take a couple weeks to get it and i also like that it ends with feel free to pray to me anytime that you need to and he's like, oh, I forgot about that. This guy's so nuts that he's just he doesn't realize I have a seon. He just thinks that I can pray to Jadeth and Jadeth will put me through to his seon. <laughs> <laughs> Let me use my God telephone real quick. Hey, <laughs> Jadeth, hook me up with Fortin. What's <laughs> up? So, this is Jadeth. How can I connect you a call? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's stuck under a rock. There's not a lot else he can do. 
right? Yeah, <laughs> be be useful, man. Help help a brother out. And yeah, here's the part at the end of the conversation where he's like, so Fortin was a drug addict, a heretic, and a hypocrite, but he was still a, an invaluable resource. I just <laughs> love that. It's like, I don't care if you're going to hell, you're still useful to me. Maybe since Jadith is under a rock, that means the hell is actually where heaven would be, up in the sky. Because it's mm. further away from, from Jadith. Well, they said that the like the demons or the Skavis, whatever they called them, were like the spirits of men who died hating Jadeth or something like that. I forget. So maybe uh, that's yeah. maybe that's what happens to you if you're a, a heretic. Oh, that reminds me, like uh Jamie said ages ago, she never said it on an episode, like how she pictured Viking Pope was <laughs> was the robot devil what devil yeah oh i like that because he's like with a big pope hat (laughs) so he's like space pope and the robot devil yeah basically i like this a lot now we're we're, new shirt viking pope (laughs) just a pope hat with horns yeah Uh, but he's like after all jadeth had created all men even the heretics so obviously jadeth won't mind if we use those guys and then we get to Hraithan's chapter, I'm sorry, not Hraithan, uh, Rayodin's chapter, which Brandon says in the annotations for this chapter, yes, okay, I'll admit it, I started this chapter with a dream sequence. So he's like, I'm sorry about this, guys. I, you know. <laughs> it was a little jarring at first, and I was like, oh, it must be like he's remembering the past, but I didn't realize it was a dream until he woke up. Oh my gosh, that's great, because the next sentence is, however, if you didn't realize that it was a dream before you got to the end, then you obviously haven't been paying much attention to the rest of the book. Well, that's rude. I just thought maybe he was thinking of the past. I thought it was a flashback. You know, I mean, I understood that it wasn't the present day, but I didn't know that it was necessarily a dream. That seems a little harsh. Yeah, I, I guess the part where you're supposed to definitely pick up on that it's a dream is when things go horribly wrong. And it's like, wait, this isn't what happened. I mean, Brandon I guess. Actually you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I was about to read that sentence, and then Joe had said his thing, and I was like, oh, this couldn't be more. Uh, you know what? I'm quitting the podcast. I'm done. <laughs> Brandon personally insulted me, like, yeah. 10 years ago when he wrote this. No, this is written in 2005, so, like, 15 yeah. years ago. <laughs> 16 years ago. You know what? I may have been 16 in 2005, but you're a dick now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yes, we start out with a dream sequence flashback of Rayodin's parents taking him in. And really, when when you first read it, like they took him in to have his like broken leg or whatever fixed. I didn't imagine it as such a big deal as it actually turns out that it was where it's like, yeah, basically, he's going to have to have his leg amputated. Because no one can do anything. He broke it in like 15 places or something ridiculous. Which just makes his dad even more of an asshole for not wanting to go to Elantris. It's like, I'd rather have my kid's leg chopped off than bring him in here. Yeah, He's like, I'll I buy guess we'll leg. take him in. Yeah, I'll buy him a prosthetic. And secretly, the doctors feared it was too late already, even for amputation. So the infection may have already spread to his torso. He doesn't understand all this at the time, but it's it's not good. What did he actually no. do? To break his leg like this. I think it just says he fell, didn't it? Yeah, it said he fell from a high place. So he saw um he saw a brother and sister having incestuous sex in a tower, and then he <laughs> fell, and then he was pushed off the tower. Oh wait. <laughs> that's that's a different thing. Become the one eyed raven. Three eyed raven? No, one eyed yeah. raven. Three eyed. Please don't. <laughs> don't become any kind of Raven Rowden. It's it's fine. Ra- raven Rowden. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 it's, uh, it's alliterative. 
maybe I'm, I might be forced to, to be on the side <laughs> of uh, Raven Rowden now. <laughs> Swap sides real fast. <laughs> but yeah, so it says, uh, a woman approached her white hair, long and full, her silvery face, smiling encouragingly. She moves her hands through the air. And then it, 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 it was as if a river of light was trying to force its way through the small crack. The boy could feel the power, sense it raging to be free, but only this little was allowed to escape. And so she traces Aeon Ian, which is healing, but not just that Aeon. The core of the Aeon she adds to with dozens of lines and curves at the sides. One final mark, it glows intensely, and then he can feel himself healing. And the wound's like gone instantly. So that's pretty awesome. That's some cool, uh, cool magic there. But yeah, then the last couple of paragraphs is where it's like, oh no, something has gone horribly wrong. I can still feel the pain. And that's when he wakes up. It says the pain was growing so strong it even corrupted his dreams. He's only been in Lantris three weeks at this point. So three weeks since the beginning of our story. That's uh, a decent amount of time has passed. And so he has to kind of push the pain back from, it says he's gotten dozens of tiny wounds and bruises at this point, which he has been running around doing a bunch of crazy shit. So maybe if you'd been more calm, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah, that water, that underwater, like bumping around against rocks, that could have been real bad. <laughs> right? But interestingly, it, it also says everyone says the pain is supposed to be steady, but for him it comes in like waves. So either either everyone else is describing it not exactly right or he's different somehow, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like he points out, he's like, why do we need to sleep? Like, no, we don't need to do anything else that like alive people do. Why this? Which is a good question, I guess. Your mind thinks you need it. Round's mother has been dead 12 years. So she was dead two years before the the disaster, uh, the Riyadh that destroyed Elantris or whatever. So I guess the theory that she got sent into Elantris may not be correct. We know she's not Karata, so maybe we were yeah. already had moved away from that anyway. Yeah, I think we kind of had. It's like once it's like, oh, it's not Karata. Well, probably not. She's not here then. Mm. And so he's uh, Alex Saolin, his soldier buddy, is like has a group of uh, has put together a group of men to form a guard squad, basically. And they walk around following around and to keep him safe. And he's like, look, I understand. Uh, I appreciate your attention. But do we really need all of this? And Salem's like, well, a lord requires an honor guard. It wouldn't be proper for you to go about alone. He's like, uh, I'm not a lord. We don't have nobility in Elantris. He's like, yeah, sure. Whatever you say, man. Galadon has finished the plowing and is organizing planting teams. So we're we're like full go on the uh, planting corn thing. In reality, corn uh, takes in or in our world, rather, corn takes like 90 days to grow. So I don't know that we can possibly get full grown corn before uh, the book ends since. 90 days was where Horathan started with his uh, time limit. Well, it doesn't actually mean the book has to end there. It just means that that's when Horathan's time is up. And we might have, we might see what happens after that. That's true. That's a good point. Maybe it'll be the epilogue. The end. It'll be <laughs> Finally, the, end. the corn is here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, it's Rowden sitting in his cornfield. He's <laughs> just like, yes, yes, grow my corn. <sighs> Galadon's long gone for some reason, just raiding alone in the corn. If you build it, they will come. Is that a cornfield? I don't know. I've never actually seen that movie, so. Mm, I don't remember if it's corn. Wait, which movie? Uh, Field of Dreams. Oh, I don't think I ever saw it either. But I do like that he's watching Galadon work, and he's like, man, there's like a peaceful thing about him. Like, some people are farmers because they don't have a choice. This guy seems to really like it. So that's nice for Galadon. 
we also get the note that it's like he Galadon seems way more in control now too. Like whatever our whole thing is working for him. Also, there were a few times during that for the early days that Rowden had been a little bit scared of Galadon because of how close he was to, you know, this Elantrian. Uh, I, don't know, I can't think of the right word. Ferocity. Maybe that's the right word. But now he's like chill. And here's where we get the introspective thing where he's like, yeah, it's working for everybody but me, basically. I have this pain all the time. I can barely keep going. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. That's where Salen yells, watch out. And uh, some guys, uh, crazy guys, jumping him with a rusty iron bar swinging at his face. So really, Salen was right. And it uh, turns out that it's a good idea to have some guards with you. So Shaor's men are attacking. And the fight goes goes well for their side. But apparently uh, it's been happening more often now. I guess they found out about this garden or this nice area and they're coming after them. They want the corn. Protect the corn. <laughs> I'm sure they do. And that's what Galadon oh, says. Yeah. Is like, they must have heard we had corn in here. And Ron's like, we have to. No, this can't continue. We have to stop it. And Galadon's like, well, I don't see how you're going to do that. Not even Shaor can really control these guys. They're nuts. And Rowden's like, look, no, we've 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 done this. We've got we've come this far. We can totally do this. And Galen's like, look, Krata and Andon, they were possibilities, if distant ones. This is another story. These guys are like not even human anymore. They cannot be reasoned with. <laughs> Galen, when are you gonna stop being such a naysayer, man? <laughs> it's just like uh, I really want Raiden to be just like you shit on everything I say. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> give me some credit here. I think Rayodin needs somebody to uh, hold back his enthusiasm a little bit. Yeah, probably so, but still. But yeah, Galadon is so pessimistic that it's hilarious. Especially since that's apparently not something duelists are known for. They're known for being all relaxed and positive, and Galadon is not. It's like, were you out there at your, like, orchard doing this? Like, you stupid trees, you're probably not going to grow anything. I'm going to go broke and starve to death. <laughs> like, Joe's got a point. Like, Rayodin could just say to him, it's like, you've told me many things are impossible, and I've still done them, so... Shut up. It's true. But here's the bit where one of these guys they've taken out used to be one of Tan's, Tan, whatever, one of his followers. So apparently, Shaor's group was already kind of the biggest one. And now a lot of the one, like Karada's, I guess, was the smallest or something. And a lot of uh, Andans have now gone over to Shaor also. So that's bad. They're, they're so pissed that they've um, they've stolen the mustache of leadership and given it to <laughs> Shaor. Right, we're gonna run into him. He's gonna be wearing a mustache. All hail the mustache of leadership. <laughs> the leader stash. <laughs> but they put these guys with the, with the with the rest of them. Apparently, Red and start has gone out and started grabbing all the the fallen Elantrians, the Hoed Hode. I just don't know how you would say that. Off the street and putting them somewhere, like inside a building, together. And he has his people go through and try to talk with them and spend time with them. And it seems to maybe actually be improving things a little bit. It says once there had been like this had been a place of fearful screams. And now it was a subdued realm of quiet mumblings and despair. So I guess that's an improvement. And we get to hear some of their mum- some of their repeated murmurings again. Beautiful. Once a beautiful life, 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 life. Oh, Domi, where are you? When will it end? And Salen has taken a wound during the fight. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And Salen's like, no, no. Being a lantern just makes me more proud to wear this wound. I got it protecting our people. This isn't going to turn me into one of them. I have a purpose. And so the pain will just remind me of the honor that I earned it with. Hopefully. 
I mean, props for the positive attitude. Right? Yeah, whether or not it's going to be bad in the long term, probably better to have the positive attitude about it. That's kind of Rodin's whole thing. <laughs> Tis but a scratch. <laughs> Salem's going to lose a leg. He's like, no, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. I'm fine. So, Karada has been overseeing the relocation of her people to the chapel. And she's upset that she wasn't here when everything went down. He's like, you can't be here all the time. So meanwhile, Tan is uh, completely uninterested in leading his old, even like helping lead at all. Basically, he's just sitting on the ground, looking at all the sculptures, says he's found at least a dozen new techniques and does not seem to give crap about anything else. That's probably for the best. Dude was crazy. So let him be happy with his sculpture. This is quite a funny how like he's. He he blocks out everything so he can stare at these sculptures. He's so enamored with them. And like, you didn't think to do that at all until Rowden just pointed out, hey, look at the wall. Well, most of it was really slime covered, apparently. Even in the, the, the reliefs in the chapel, they didn't even know were there until they cleaned them. So it might be hard to notice. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it says that he, Tan says that about 30% of his people have come to Rowden's band, which means 70% went over to Sheor, probably. Karadas had always been the smallest. Tans was, I guess, the second largest. So the largest gang has now combined with more than half of the second largest gang. That's bad for our friends, pretty, pretty much. And they're pissed off because we've now broken the agreement where, like, they get one third of the new people because they get whoever turns that way. Because Rowden has his his crew bringing everybody straight in. So, okay, so he's going to go and research more about Aeon Door now after the excitement of the morning. And we find out some more about this book that he's been working on translating. It's apparently extremely advanced. It's a book about strange cases or interesting events surrounding Aeon Door. So this is like one of those books. This is like the House MD book where it's like you have all the normal disease and that's the regular medical text. And this is the book about the weird shit that happens that is hard to explain. So not the best for learning the basics, basically. And he says usually this book tells about when stuff went wrong. And so he has to backtrace from this is what made it go wrong to this is how it should work normally. But we do find out that in this magic system, aeons are just the starting point, the basic figures. And just like the, the one in his dream, advanced aeon door starts with that aeon. And then you use dots and lines around it as like stipulations to be more specific about what it's doing. So basically the healing the Aeon Ian, you draw that, but then you add some lines to say, I want you to heal the lower leg of this infection or something. So you're drawing extra lines and dots for all the specifics instead of just a general, hey, heal. This line means leg. This squiggle means lower. This one means painlessly. That's a very important <laughs> one. Yeah, that's a good one. So you got to wonder how they figure all this shit out, right? Somebody must have discovered it for the first time. It's like, I'm going to draw the healing one, and I'm going to draw a line here and see what that does. Oh, that made his head explode. Okay, that's a bad <laughs> one. Let's not do that. Whoops. This one made his leg twice as long as the other, and now he's lopsided. <laughs> but apparently the masters of Aeon Door are the ones who can draw the Aeon and then quickly add a bunch of different modifications to the central one. The book assumes you already have a comprehensive knowledge of Aeon Door and passes over most of the basic principles. I think this is a weird book because we find we find out this guy's library is mostly about like geography. And then dude has the one book about like weird stuff that happens with Aeon Door. Yeah. 
but we do get this little note where it's like, I wish he's like, I wish I could. Exp- they would just explain what channeling the door means. Galen's like, wait, wait, door. That that doesn't that sounds like a Duladin term. That doesn't sound like an Aeon. It's only got one vowel in it. And Ron's like, well, yeah, I guess you know, the character in here isn't an Aeon that's used to represent door. It's like a phonetic representation as if the word had been transliterated from a different language. And I don't know if you guys remember, there's one other time we've heard the, the word door used or the term door. And that was uh, in their conversation last time where Rodin was saying that the Jesker mysteries, like he was saying that they were the, the two were the same, basically Jesker and the Jesker mysteries. And Galen's like, what? No, they're not only like idiots with no true understanding of the door would think that. And so, wow. yeah. And it comes up here again. It's like, Galen's like, well, if that's the same word. Then it refers to something in Jesker. And Rodin's like, what did the mysteries have to do with this? And he's like, I have fucking told you, do not say that these two are the same thing. Don't mess with my religion. I will take my corn and go home. <laughs> it's already planted. It would be tough to take it and go <laughs> Yeah. Also, it's not his corn. It's everybody's corn, <laughs> Galadin. Yeah. So door is the unseen. Door is the force, basically, it sounds like. Um it's in everything, but cannot be touched. It affects nothing, yet controls everything. Yeah, it's midichlorians. Yeah. It's the force. I mean, the way he described it, it kind of sounds just like instinct. Well, it, it it sounds really weird to me. It's like, why do rivers flow? Mm-hmm. And he expl- and Gal- and Rayonin's like, well, here's why rivers flow. Gravity. Like, right. So now, what makes the water want to flow? It's like, and uh, Rayonin's like, I, I, I didn't think that water needed to want and he's like, it does. And door is what makes it wants to. That's the answer. I mean, I guess like you could argue that its molecular structure makes it want to flow, but I don't know. No, it's the that door. There might be a concept beyond them at this point. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. So he's like, did you know if you take a bird away from its mother, it'll learn to fly? Where does it learn to fly, huh? The door. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how does the lightsaber know when to stop? The force? Man, that's your answer, that's your answer. everything. <laughs> It reminds me of uh, of the Avatar: The Last Airbender, where he's like, "Can your science explain why it rains?" Yes, yes, yes it can. Yes, it can. Osaka. One of the best lines. It really is. It's <laughs> Rand is just like, okay, that sounds kind of like religion, mystical, whatever, but. It does make me think of like when this lantern was drawing her healing aeon. It seemed like something was trying to like tear through the this thing. So like there was there was a power raging back there that was trying to force its way through. So hmm, the the aeon maybe funneled that power into a usable form and healed the leg instead of destroying him. Yeah, good thing it didn't destroy him. Right? Yeah, that would that would have been bad. Um. <laughs> He's like, and so Random feels like he's figured something out here. He's like, that's it. That's that's why we're alive is like we don't eat. We don't get energy from like eating and our hearts beating and stuff anymore. The door must be feeding us energy to keep us alive. He's like, well, why doesn't it give us enough to keep our hearts going and shit? Because it's just barely enough. And door no longer works. The power has been reduced to just a trickle, but it's not gone. We can still draw ions. They just don't do anything. So we got to find a way to restore full power. He's like, oh, is that it? You just need to fix what was broken. Weren't we already doing that? Isn't that what we've been doing? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, but see, now we figured out there's a link between us and the door. So, but there must also be a link between the land and the door because Aeon Door is here. And the texts actually say the further you get from Elantris, the weaker it gets. 
So that's interesting information. Yeah. Also that the only people people taken by the Shayad like have Aralene blood in them, I guess. Yep. It says TOs can be taken sometimes, but only if they're living in Aralon at the time. And he's like, oh, and sometimes it takes a doula. <laughs> Which Kellen's like, oh, I hadn't noticed. Thanks for letting me. Uh, thanks for telling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fjordals don't get taken. Apparently, doulas are half Aeonic and half Jindo, so. This is an early prediction, but you know what I want to have happen? I want Diloph to be taken. Dak has been saying that for two episodes. I guess that's true, but. <laughs> He's like, here's my prediction. What Joe, what Dak said. I'm just saying I want it to happen. I'm not saying I think it will happen. I said it first. But that's Joe's claim. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm putting words in his mouth. Yeah, He's quit like, putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I Man. said it and only I. <laughs> Uh, if you keep putting words in my mouth, I'm going to put a fist in yours. Good luck. You're <laughs> yeah, far sorry. away. Yeah, I was about to say, my fist would have to reach two blocks. I'm not, I'm no, uh, I'm no fanta- Mr. Fantastic. You're just like, hey, don't make me come over there. Yeah, exactly. Let me drive over like, there. <laughs> Joe, Joe disappears from the call for half an hour, and like all of a sudden you just hear a knocking on Data's door, and like, hey, yeah, what? You hear like a scuffle. Yeah, you hear a scuffle. Like, <laughs> come here, you little... <laughs> Uh, but yes, we end with uh, Galadon being like, I mean, you hypothesize all you want. I don't, I don't, it doesn't, I don't see how it does any empirical good. And Rodin's like, okay, well, I'll stop theorizing as soon as you tell me we're a simple farmer learn the word empirical. And Galadon just chuckles as he walks away. And that's the end of the chapter. Also, what's up with Galadon calling out our predigments like that? Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, way to go. So there is uh, one of the things in the that I was going to touch on in the annotations I've actually already said, where he points out, here's the other time that the door was mentioned. But then he says, there are a lot of clues sprinkled through these chapters. If you're really clever, you could probably figure out from this chapter what is wrong with Aeon Door, and from there extrapolate why the Sheod went bad. So, Wait, you know. what? Maybe upon reread when you actually understand what right, the word is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he gets into it in the first place in here because he's talking about the language stuff, and I kind of skipped over. He's like, you probably could have figured out that door, the word was not an aeon because of what Galadon says, that the aeons all have two vowels in them. Right. And that it sounds more like a, a Duladel word than like an aeonic word or even a fjordal word. And so he's like, you know, if you're interested in all this linguistic stuff, head over to this section of my website. But I'm just, we don't need to get too deep into the linguistics. No, I'm not that much of a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that leads him into when he's like, you know, you could probably figure it out if you were super clever, which is just him being uh, like, ha ha ha. Okay. Yeah, no. Anyway, so let us move into predigments. What... Based on what we've got now, what do you guys think is going to happen? So I'm going to stick with something I mentioned earlier in the show as far as Freythan. I think this potion, maybe he's getting a dose for Diloph and a dose for Sereni. Um, those seem to be the two people he's having the most problems with at this time. Of course, we don't know what it does, so maybe I'm way off base there. But that's that's my prediction for what this potion thing is for. So if he's going to do something to those two, what do you mm-hmm. think? Like, do you have any thoughts about like maybe what it would be? What would he want to do to them? I don't know. Maybe like knockout potion or like uh, like maybe some kind of potion that he could manipulate them with. Like, you know, he slips it in and then they're basically they have to follow his orders. Or maybe it's like a truth telling potion or, mm. um, you know, something, something that he can work into his advantage in that way. 
Uh, you said knockout potion. I was just like, so he wants to roofie Diloff? That's yeah, weird. Yeah, he just roofies him, and then, uh, you know, he's out of commission. It's like an indefinite knockout. It's like it's like a Sleeping Beauty knockout. It's like somebody has to kiss him. Like, he has to have true love's kiss to, like, wake up. No one up. wants to kiss Diloff. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe you know, maybe he'll get an Elantrian to kiss him just to piss Diloff off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you just got kissed by an Elantrian. How do you feel now? Oh, no. Um, just like run off and jump off the end of the pier just going unclean yeah exactly he like burns his lips off uh he like gets lie on him or something and just chemically burns them so we got that and uh then with raiden yeah i'm kind of distressed for him because i i feel like the pain thing's not a coincidence like something's going on behind you know the scenes here uh, mentally, emotionally, where he's still feeling all this pain. And there was just, like, a lot of sad bits in this chapter with, like, his former Seon just, like, hanging out in the room with all the Hoed. It's just like, oh, this is just rough stuff. So I'm I'm thinking, um, I'm hoping that things with the magic of the, like, the rune magic or whatever we're calling this, I, I hope they pick up here pretty quickly. Um, and he kind of figures some stuff out because uh, I think I think we need to see some kind of like we, he's got all these plans that maybe look like there's a light at the end of the tunnel for these people in Elantris. But I feel like we need something a little bit more substantial as far as a way to defend themselves, because it's like if his best fighter got injured in a five man attack assault, like, you know, how how long can they really last especially against a much larger force if they get like organized enough to attack so um so yeah hopefully the magic stuff will come soon you think they're gonna use the magic against shaors men i mean not necessarily they they'll use the magic in some productive way you know like uh maybe it can like satiate their hunger or something you know create food so that there's no reason to fight something Fair enough, that makes sense. So I think, I actually do have sort of a theory about where the magic went from these chapters. Okay, okay. So both, like, in in Raiden's chapter, it, like, mentioned a couple of times, like, he when he got his leg healed, he felt that there was a whole lot of power that was straining and raging trying to get out, but the Elantrians were only letting a little bit of it out to heal his leg. And so presumably any time they use the magic, it's the, it's the same thing. There's a whole heap of it trying to get out, but they're keeping it sealed up back there. So my idea then is at some point someone basically basically you've imagined that the magic is all just hidden behind a door and they only ever open up a tiny little crack just like a little little bit of light in and then at some point someone just wrenched the door open and all the light came spilling out like all the magic came Ooh. out everything everything went to hell and then they left the door open so whatever's going on where this magic is coming from it's like they had a reserve there, so there was always enough to draw on. It's like a bank account. Like, you got heaps and heaps and heaps in there, but if you spend it all at once, then you need to really try and struggle to build it all back up again. So by leaving the door open, the magic is just constantly spilling out into the world, and they haven't been able to... Like, this is this is why he says, oh, the runes don't do anything. We're not Elantrians as they're meant to be. Like, we're like this on the way there sort of thing. So... What they need to do is basically try and find the door and close it back up and give the power enough time to recharge and replenish. And then they can try and go back to 
using it sparingly and then they can actually use it for what they're meant to do because they'll have control over it rather than it just like flooding out and just spilling everywhere. So I think that's what the end game has to be for Rowden to try and find the magic again. And I think once they finally do get the magic sorted out, the first thing he'll do with it is sort of a tester to see if he can give Ian his mind back. Cause like they keep coming back to Ian, like, you know, the rune that was used on his leg was healing for Ian. Mm-hmm. And like, and yeah, and Ian is still hanging around the other Elantrians who have lost their mind. So I feel like we, he's still got to come into play somehow. There's some reason he's still here. And I feel like that'll be the, once Rowden knows he's finally got this right, it'll be by giving Ian back his mind. So mm. I think that's where we're headed. That is a cool idea because it gives us something to try to, because basically if there's a door open somewhere and magic is leaking out constantly and you got to close it, then we would need to be on the lookout for something happening that seems like some weird magical effect to give us an idea about where that door is. Right. So it gives us something to be on the lookout for if that's what's happening. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it it gives them a goal because I think overall Rowden's goal would be to, you know, yeah, make it so Elantrians don't have to worry about this sort of thing, whether you can channel the magic to do that or just channel the magic to make them back into what they were before they became Elantrians. Maybe that's the end game. Maybe he can use the, maybe, maybe he, uh, he can take the power out of them. They turn back into regular people and then that's mm. a little bit more magic back in the box. I don't yeah. know. I'm pretty sure regular people, everyone would be, probably everyone would like to be original Elantrians if possible. But I'm, I, I, I would guess they'd all take regular people over what they are now. So yeah, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think that's I think that's cool. what happened with the magic. All right. We got we, we, this. I think this is our first articulated theory about what actually might have happened. So I, I like it. I like where we're going. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like what we know about preservation and ruin. How their powers they were finite to an extent. Like they like they had godly powers. They were able to do so much, but they were still finitely you know we had to wait for the power to return to the well mm-hmm. so it sort of it sort of makes sense that like, if the power is dispersed out everywhere you you've got to sort of try and pull it back up like you know with ruin in his body sure um yeah. and everything so it sort of fits with that whole shardic influence so i mean we all sort of assumed that the power in the lantris has something to do with the shard so it makes sense that this could be how it's fallen out and why the shard doesn't have control of it or whatever mm. yeah and yeah that was fine Whoever Sorry. threw the door open and kick his ass. <laughs> that was Iodon. He, he he opened this door and was and screwed everything up. Yep. He found the ancient scroll that's like, do not open this door. Yeah, that's all I got this week. Okay. Cool. That's all you've got. <laughs> that's well, it. I mean, Come on. I don't I don't have anything about Hraithan and Dilaf. I'm just like I I, I didn't think anything <laughs> today. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really like the idea of Dilloff being taken to become an Elantrian. That would be just beautiful, I think. I know that's already been thrown out there. My prediction, I, I thought the, the line where they were like, um, you've got to have Aeonic blood, or, I mean, you could be T.O., but you have to live here. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, that's some people we know. So Oh, I th- it is. I didn't even think yeah. about that. That's true. I sort of thought I mean, they could take Serene maybe and then she'd meet Raiden mate like maybe but then I thought it might maybe Uncle Keen might become a Lantrian. Oh shit. Would not be not be good, but he also knows Raiden as well. So I don't know, they might be able to do something from the inside. 
it also means that Serini might know a bit more about what's actually going on or what possibly could have happened. Yeah, that would sort of be a connecting point for them to be able to talk about it. So as much as I don't want that to happen, I feel like something like that could happen. Yeah. That, sorry, yeah. you're just opening up all sorts of... So, it, okay, if Serene shows up in Lantris and she's suddenly in Lantrian, does he tell her? It's like, oh, by the way, we're married? Or is that something you keep to yourself at that point? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know. We, we don't know if they know what each other looked like. Like, would they recognize each other? Oh, that's possibly? true, yeah. But, but maybe not. It, they would have to sort of know a little bit about each other, what they look like beforehand. And, I mean, I know they can call each other, but I'm not sure FaceTime is really an option through the seance. So it could work. But I think it said, it said the seance, like, turn into, like, the other person's head, kind of. They do? But, yeah, like, when you're talking to him, it turns into, like, the head of the person you're talking to. But it, I don't know that we know how much detail you get in that. Yeah. Like, they could recognize each other or they could, you know, have um, figure it out and have a conversation. But I'm not, I'm just not quite sure what that would do. I, I feel like Serene's got more to do on the other side. It, it sort of makes sense for them not to be together yet. But if if there was someone who knew Serene who went in there, that could kind of give Raiden reason to get out maybe again. I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure how it would work. But I think there's there's someone that we know, I think, that will become a Lantrian. I'd love to say it would be Diloff, but that's really just because he's a dickhead. Um, <laughs> just to see him suffer for a little bit, but I don't think that would further the story so much from there. But, yeah, that's kind of my only prediction this week. I don't have much in terms of the magic. I like Dak's ideas where that's going as well. But, yeah. That's... You're right, it's like, Rodden doesn't even know necessarily that Serene is in town because I think he actually says like, yeah, she won't come now because we're supposed to get married. But once she hears what happened to me, she'll just stay in T.O. I think he mentioned yeah. I think he says that to Galadon. So he doesn't even know she's here. So would he recognize her if she came in? That's hmm. But now, now, now you got me thinking, OK, everybody. So if somebody we know is going to end up getting taken and coming into town, if only to tell Rodden that, hey, by the way, your wife is here. Other than Diloff, who we've all been like, hey, that guy should get turned into an Elantrian, right? Or Serene, who we just talked about. Or Keen, because we just talked about him. Who who are the top, who would be most interesting to see get turned into an Elantrian and suddenly uh, shoved in here? Uh, I don't know about most interesting, but his stepmother, Raiden's stepmother. That's what I was thinking, like <laughs> Queen Eshin, who just yeah. will, will not shut up. That would yeah, be hilarious. It'd be, it'd be random. I was I thought I had on it first and I was like, nah, that would uh, that would screw a lot of things up if that happened. But yeah, Ashen would be funny. But a heartbreaking option, Casey. Oh, that yeah, okay, that is sad. Any yeah, of Keen's kids, even Lukal, like I don't want to see him in there. Yeah, look what yeah. you've done now, Data. Now we're just making each other sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, Round's in there. So if she shows up, then he'll protect her and she might just she's gonna end up like a spoiled Elantrian brat who's <laughs> like trying to boss <laughs> everyone around. <laughs> I mean, she's like got a genius level intellect. Maybe she'll just figure all this shit out. And <laughs> yeah, she can figure out the magic. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. Like she picks up languages all the time. She can pick up the Aeon door. Yeah, That's I it. like it. Sorry, Jamie, were you saying something? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, I was just agreeing. As I oh, thought okay. that that as sad as it would be, that would be quite a good option. 
She reads lots of books, absorbs lots of information. I mean, even from the outside, she might be able to figure a lot of it out. Maybe they'll smuggle books out to her. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no reason she couldn't help if they could somehow communicate with the outside, yeah. She does seem to, from that earlier chapter, she knew a lot about the Elantrians and how they functioned mm-hmm. somehow, and Serene wasn't sure how. Yeah, Casey, but all, and also Diloff in this chapter. It's like there's some people that just know more than it seems like they should know. And Diloff puts it down to like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I heard the rumors. <laughs> From Casey, we didn't even get that much. Maybe she she's listening to these same rumors that uh, Diloff is hearing. They, they run in the same circles, these two. Case, Casey and Diloff have a uh, part of like a reading circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> OK, let me look here. No new emails this week. So nothing on that end. For next time, we're going to be reading three chapters. So it's almost like we're doing another chapter uh, triad, but it's going to be not all in a row because we just got Rowden's. So we're going to get Serene and Hraithen from this same period as Rowden's chapter that we just read. And then we're going to get Rowden's next chapter. So I'm throwing us off a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) So chapters, chapters 20, 21, and 22 for next time. And I guess for for listeners next time for us, it's going to be like tomorrow. So if you're sending emails, we may not uh, read them for a couple of weeks because we're getting a little, we're getting a little bit ahead so that we can skip some weeks later on. So just thought I would throw that out for a few weeks. It's true. Yeah, it hasn't been a big thing. And honestly, uh, I almost took the two emails from the last end of last week's episode because last week's episode ended up being real long. I almost was like, I'm just going to save these and I'll put them in next week's episode because it doesn't look like we're going to have any emails for next week. But then I was like, I don't know for sure that like Dak and Jamie are both going to make it for the next one because you never know, you know, what might happen. So it would be weird if all four (laughs) of us were answering questions, but one of them was not in the rest of the episode. (laughs) That would be uh, be puzzling. (laughs) Wait, when when did Jamie get there? What? What's happening? That's why I didn't do that. But, uh, Turns out that I could have, but too late now. So, oh anyway. well. Yeah. See, so, yeah, we won't have any emails or reviews tomorrow either. I'm sure, so it's fine. Music by Miracle of Sound, and wasn't to the time of next, everyone. Colo. Colo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot it. Almost. <laughs> My name's Joel, and I-